This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. Before we get started this morning, I want to go ahead and introduce our other hosts, so let's start with Beth. Hello, I'm Beth Allison. I am a camp consultant. I live in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada. I had 15 years as a camp director and executive director. And now, along with my husband, Travis, uh, I'm passionate about helping camp directors do the very best for their summer camps. Great. And my name Thanks. is Gabrielle. And over to Gab. <laughs> Yeah, hi. <laughs> uh, my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentians in Quebec, and our focus is on a positive girl community. Super. And my name is Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve. Uh, we are a summer camp focused on connecting children with nature. And we're located on a 3,400-acre private wildlife preserve in the Blue Ridge Mountains in western North Carolina. So today's topic is building confidence in leaders. And Beth is going to share a little bit more about why we decided to talk about this topic today. Absolutely. And we're really excited because we had great pre-podcasting conference that conversations about this. So we had to get recording because we were just getting too excited and sharing too many good ideas. As camp professionals, we all want what's best for our campers, for our families, for our staff. And in order to get the best, we have to have our staff at their best. They'll give us that 100% commitment if they feel good about themselves, if they feel confident in their abilities, if they know and fully understand the mission of the camp, and if they know where their support systems are so that they can get better if things aren't going well. And it's such an important piece to having a successful summer that we thought it deserved its very own podcast. Great. Thanks, Beth. So I'm really interested in, in the discussion today, too, because I can say last year, this was a, a piece that I said to our staff trainer that came in uh, midway through the summer. I said, you know, my staff is incredible, but they just aren't quite reaching that full potential. Like I see them being able to do such amazing things, and yet they seem to be doubting themselves on being able to really step up and step out and and be the amazing leaders that they can. So um, looking forward to, to what we have to share. So the first question that we want to discuss are what steps do you take to build confidence in your staff? Or another way to think about it is how do you empower staff to reach their full potential? And we're going to start off with Beth. For me, it all boils down to getting them all on the same page. And this involves two major key points. And there are lots of other ones, of course, but these are my top two. So one is that they need to connect. They need to connect to themselves, to one another, to the mission of your camp. They need to fully understand and embrace that mission. And the second point would be that they have to understand their jobs, what's expected of them, how to actually do their job, and what to do when it all goes wrong, because we all know at some point it's going to. So... In order to be confident young adults with really healthy self-esteem, they have to know that they are home. Uh, and we did a session all about that at National in New Orleans. But they need to know they belong, that they're wanted and needed, that they can feel safe, and they need to connect. So you have to spend a whole lot of time getting them to experience teamwork and support and building community. There is no substitute for this in your training of your summer camp. You can't spend too much time building community because when the chips are down and when they're in difficult situations, when they're sick and tired and exhausted and at the end of their rope, they will have trust and faith in the people around them and this will get them through. This will give them the confidence that everything will be okay and they won't be expending their energy on trying to protect themselves from the people in their circle. 
they'll expend their energy on moving forward and making the world a better place, which is what we all want. So you must build trust. And we talked about this in our session, uh, our camp code session in New Orleans. You can't simply tell them to have it. So make sure that you have boundaries like the four S's or whatever your boundaries are and be sure that everybody is held accountable to them. And that's the key piece. You can't just say you've got them if you don't hold people accountable. Do things together, work on things together, play, experience together. I think that the first point also helps to eliminate what some camp directors call this generation of young adults who lack passion. And I think personally that they're an incredibly passionate group of people, but they have to be persuaded as to why they should give you their passion. Um, So spending time during training, really discussing your why, and we've talked about this before on podcasts, why does your camp exist? Why do you do what you do? Getting them to formulate their own why for agreeing to spend their summers working harder than they ever will and likely making less money than they ever will is absolutely essential. You cannot run a successful season without them understanding the why. So I don't mean like run a two hour session on your mission on day one. And then you think, great, I can check that off the list and I'm finished. I mean, talking about it every day of training, talk about it before training. And we've chatted about this several times before in, in previous podcasts on your website, on your application and your interviews in all the material you send out about camp and everything. Every one of your staff should be able to recite your mission and talk about why it's important and why it's important to them personally. And one of the things Scott Arizala was talking about in his session at National was that every session you run in training needs to come back to your mission. We are learning this because it relates to this part of our mission. Um, for example, we are learning how to recognize and what to do about bullying because every person has the right to feel safe at our camp and so on. And if you can't relate it back to the mission, Scott says, don't teach it at training. It's not worth the time. Um, And I would also run a session on self-esteem. And um, I've done several of these and I have them prepared. If anybody wants them, just let us know. But staff need to be able to recognize the signs of low self-esteem in themselves, in each other, and in campers. And they need to know what the costs are of low self-esteem and the importance of building self-esteem and how to do that. And often it's a safe session to talk about campers that way, and they're just internally thinking about themselves. You're not talking about all the low self-esteem in this group of people right now during training, Um, but you're talking about dealing with it with campers, and they can just sort of internalize that and and think about themselves in that position. So that's just a, a bit where I'd start, but there's some more stuff we'll share later. Great. And the piece that you said about expending energy is, um, is so great. I recently had a conversation with a friend who talked about uh, decision fatigue and mm. how, you know, if you start off your day and you're having to make all these decisions about what am I going to eat for breakfast? What am I going to wear today? You know, what am I going to do today? All those things. By the time you get midway through the day, you're just like, I'm so tired of making decisions and you can't do it anymore. Um, So, you know, that may apply to your staff or not, but I I love that idea of thinking about how much energy your staff are having to expend to thrive in the environment that they're in. Um, And how can you make it so that that energy is being directed towards the things you want them to be directed towards, as opposed to keeping themselves safe. Yeah. I, um, I love so, that phrase. That's a great phrase. It's <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, Gab, what about you? Um, well, I think, uh, I mean, I'll just build on, on what uh, Beth was saying. I think trust is huge and, um, and you can only really gain trust by, by building a community and one of the things I think is really important is to celebrate epic mistakes and create situations where, where you're not holding your breath when somebody's making mistakes. So if somebody for the first time is standing in front of a group and they're rambling for too long or they're speaking very quietly or um, what they say is completely incoherent um, <laughs> and you're, you're watching them and, and you can feel sort of the tension in the room like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, they're really not doing a great job. Um, it's to sort of flip that tension and, and it's a, it's an epic fail. Um, there's a, a great, uh, activity in, uh, Carl Ronke's, uh, silver bullets book, which is called trash ball. And I saw 
John Jorgensen um, from Camp Twingo, Jorgie, run this session where the whole point of, of this activity is to come up with a cool move and and with somebody else. And, and the cooler it is, you know, meaning the more elaborate it is, um, you know, you know, the bigger the applause. And so what you do is you get two people together and you try to come up with this coolest move and a trash ball is basically newspaper and, and, uh, and tape. And, uh, <laughs> and so inevitably, inevitably, um, people try to do like a, a twirl pass at the same time catch. And then, uh, what you don't tell the group is that they're going to perform it in front of other people. And then afterwards we have to try to mimic the cool move. Um, so when they do big elaborate, uh, exchange with this, with these two balls, you know, somebody, you know, either drops it or makes a gasp and the facilitator's role is to basically emphasize the parts that, that were obvious mistakes. And now when we redo this, uh, Ruby, instead of catching the ball, she, she knocked it with her elbow and then she did an eek as she went over <laughs> and tried to grab the ball. So don't forget to do, this is a very important part of uh, Ruby and Beth's cool move. And then people start getting, um, that these mistakes are okay. So, you know, creating actual activities that breaks the tension and then saying at camp, um, we, we want to celebrate mistakes because when you make mistakes, that means you try. And when you try, you learn. And when you learn, you grow. And, and that's sort of the, the goal that here, that's what we, that's what we're uh, aiming for. Um, and, and starting that early off and high-fiving for trying and not for succeeding is a very important part, I think, of, of staff training. So I would say try to create a, a, a culture at the beginning that you're celebrating trying uh, right from the beginning. Which is so important because this generation of young people, many of whom are now your staff members, have, I, I know, there are lots of philosophies and theories about where it has come from, but they have this culture of perfection and they have to be perfect or it's not worth doing. They have to get all the marks or get all the answers and, or it's not worth doing. So breaking that and opening up a culture of trying and failing so they can see what people do when they make a mistake and how we can model that for our campers is really important. Totally. And, and, and it, it's, it's actually quite, um, it's actually quite easy to flip this into, um, celebration. I think that our staff are, are excited to know when that, that they'll be celebrated for trying. And of course mm-hmm. they make the link, you know, we all know our staff are, are highly intelligent individuals. They do make the link that this is important for campers, but it has yep. to start with us first. Yep. So we need to exhibit this and, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just about dealing with those, with those mistakes and you link it to a camper that climbs up halfway up the wall instead of at the very top. Do we always clap only for the people that go to the very top or do we, do we also clap for the people that go as far as they were comfortable going? Um, and you know, building that into your program is a wonderful philosophy and, uh, Ooh, and such a great sales point to your parents. Mm -hmm. We don't clap. We clap for, Oh my goodness. Parents are just like eating that stuff up. (laughs) So it's a marketing tool too. Look at this podcast. <laughs> Great tips Building everywhere. Building self-esteem, <laughs> selling spots at your camp. <laughs> All in one. <laughs> awesome. Well, so that was actually one of the ones on my list was, you know, being conscientious of the fear of failing. And that's, I think, so often what holds our staff back from from trying these mm-hmm. bigger, uh, better actions because um, they're worried they're going to fall on their face. And um, I love the concept of the epic fail. We're going to totally do that this year during <laughs> staff training. Um, I'm going to take it a step further and say that one of the big steps, I think, for building confidence is there being time that you provide tough love. Um, I had a, mm-hmm. a specific time this summer that a staff member came up to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm leading this hike and I don't totally know the way. Can this other person go with me? And I looked at her and I was like, I'm sorry, no, you have to do it and you're going to be okay. And radio, if you need us, use the procedures, but I really think you'll be okay. And you need to figure it out. 
And she kind of looked at me like I just crushed her soul a bit. <laughs> um, and, um, and it was not easy for me to say that to her either, but she went on the hike and did beautifully and came back and was just a glow with how excited she was. And I can't believe I was stressed out about that. Like I found the trail, no problem. And this was really easy. And, you know, so thanks for kind of believing in me. Um, and, and obviously that can be a bit of a dangerous line to walk as far as when you are providing that tough love. But, um, I think that, that it is something that we have to do. And just like we don't want our parents to be such helicopter parents and, and overseeing every little thing that happens, we have to understand that many of our staff have been raised in those households and right. that is what they are used to. And they are used to their hand being held. And so there often comes a time when it's like, yeah, it's going to be a big inconvenience for me to switch everything around to send somebody with you who knows the trail and you've been on it. You've seen it. I think it'll ring a bell when you get there, go for it. And if you get there and you can't figure it out, you know, use again, use the materials that we provided and use the training that we provided and go from there. Um, so do the tough love. It, it's got to happen sometime. They have to, you know, get out there and fly on their own. And, and, and I think if you have created that culture where it's okay to make mistakes, um, then, then that's going to obviously make that process a little bit easier for them. And I think that's great, Ruby. And I think that, I think that that comes with experience as the more you, you're training staff, the more you can see who's capable of what, and maybe perhaps who's going outside, perhaps they're going into their danger zone of, of comfort level. But, um, but for a lot of the times it is, it is necessary. And sometimes what happens with camp directors, um, because we're camp directors, a lot of the time we also have the personality of, of, uh, caregiver and taker and and creating that line of you're not responsible for taking care of everybody's feelings and emotions um you, you you're not actually responsible at all they are responsible for it and you're telling basically what you told that tr that staff member is i trust you and i believe in you um and i know but you also acknowledge their feelings like i know you're you're nervous and i, I hear that um but i'm right here and i have a walkie-talkie and and if there's any issues, just let me know. But I, I know you can do this. Um, and she came back. And obviously, one, she knows that you trust her. And that builds, builds that strength that, in that relationship. And two, obviously, within herself, she's like, I can do this. And, uh, and I love that. I think we don't talk about tough love enough. Um, so I like it. Great point. Beth, did you have another point on this one? Well, I had two at the beginning um, that I said were the sort of two key points. So here's number two. When we're talking about staff uh, knowing the expectations of their job and feeling like they need, they know how to actually do their job and what to do if it all goes wrong. So for me, training needs to encompass expectations and you need to lay that out for them. And because we're camp people, we can do that creatively and effectively in a fun way, of course, but we need to make it really clear. There should be no room for interpretation on expectations. <laughs> so uh, I've talked about this in a podcast before, but every night at the end of campfire during training, I would run a very, very short session called, let me make this perfectly clear. And it's sort of, you know, after the medium songs and right before we got into some of the slower songs of campfire, we would say, we would spell out where all the black and white areas were of the day, um, where there was no gray. So for example, and this is the one I always give to people when they ask me about that, junior campers never get their own soup. That is a black and white area. So they're too young, they're too short um, to get it out of the pot, all that kind of stuff. So, so they never serve up and carry hot soup, ever. <laughs> That's a black and white expectation. So giving them, laying that out, and these are the expectations that you have, um, and let me make this perfectly clear. You can either do it at the end of every session. Um, we did it as a recap of the day. And some days there were very few of these. Uh, because there's lots of gray areas in summer camp and some days there were a lot. It all depends on what we had to learn that day. And we all want to create really positive and passionate changes in our campers. We all want young people to have, you know, greater respect and responsibility and teamwork and decision-making and limits and creativity and all of that. So we also need to give staff the tools to teach these skills and to learn these skills too. Obviously, we all need to learn them. So having the tools to do that makes them really confident. When I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking that good thinking is teachable. 
And staff will do so much better when they're given specific and practical techniques to help campers have success in this increasingly challenging world. And we need to offer them ways to solve problems and take more responsibility um, with, as Michael Brandwine loves to say, calmness and confidence, um, which better prepares them and, and campers for success in life. So they have to know how to do their jobs. And every great leadership trainer will teach staff that it's what leaders, great leaders say and do that makes them amazing. Uh, meaning that anyone can become a great leader. We often say, oh, she was born with it. She has that thing. You know, he, he's just came out of the womb with those kinds of, of, uh, abilities. Um, and so I do this exercise with them, um, where I ask them to think of the best leader they've ever imagined in their whole life and to write down all the things that make them a great leader. And then when we debrief it together, I say, well, what do they say? Or what do they do that makes them a great leader? Don't tell me they're kind or they're compassionate. How do you know? What do they say? What do they do that's kind, that's compassionate? Um, and giving staff the words that they need to say and, and when to use them and when not to use them is really important. And let them practice. Uh, give them plenty of time to practice with one another because that's when it really doesn't matter if they don't get it quite right. Um, so, you know, knowledge and, and participation equals membership. So it equals buy-in, it equals confidence and using really excellent returning staff to help with these sessions can be an awesome way to make your training more effective. They will often listen to them when they don't necessarily listen to you. So after all, I haven't counseled in over 30 years. So what would I know about it? Um, so you know, really have the people who've counseled in the last couple of years or are going to counsel again, um, give them, help them with the words and um, the actions that make a great leader. I think another key point would be to understand that there are all kinds of learning styles and make sure that your sessions on teaching staff how to do their jobs cater to those different styles. So don't have every session run in the way that you learn best, for example, but to have different ways to do that. Um, and the last point for that would be to make sure that your staff knows how your camp support system works and make sure you have lots of support in place before the summer begins. And this will really help with their confidence. So if you have a head counselor, for example, make sure they know that they go to him or to her if they have problems with their kids or if they're co or their co and of course, any great head counselor is going to say, first, have you talked to your co before you've come to talk to me? But at least they know who they're supposed to go talk to. Make sure they know who they go to if they have a problem with their head counselor or their unit head. Um, do you have grandparents or senior staff members, we called them grandparents, who were assigned to cabins who can be there as an extra support with advice and pep talks and all that kind of stuff. Make sure they know when your door is open. Is it always open or are there specific times that they shouldn't be coming to see you? Um, who do they go to if they have a problem with you? Um, what are all of their support systems? So making sure those are really, really clear before the summer starts. Um, we ask a whole lot of counseling staff, more than I think any job on the planet, and we essentially ask them to be superheroes. <laughs> so um, last year I created a session called Be a Hero, and when I looked it up, a hero by definition is an ordinary person who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. And that sounded like camp staff to me. Um, so naturally, I created an acronym for staff to make that easier to remember. So the acronym is HERO. And um, when I did the session, I had them work through scenarios of how they were going to be a hero. So H was have everything you need. E is engage the child or the staff person. And R is read all the signs. And O is offer a teachable moment or a memory. And so uh, I strongly suggest that you introduce this concept to your staff members and take them through situations and ask them how they're going to be a hero and get them to fill in all of the details. So I put them into groups and I gave each group a situation and then we debriefed it. So the example that I gave them was uh, a camper wakes you up. Uh, this is at a residential camp. A camper wakes you up in the middle of the night to go pee. How can you be a hero in that situation? Um, so H, do you have everything you need? So do you have your flashlight? If not for you, for the camper, maybe, um, do you have the proper footwear? Are you alert and actually awake? <laughs> 
Can you take other campers? Um, have you called out in a whisper to see if anybody else needs to go? So do you have everything you need? E, have you engaged that child? So perhaps when you're walking to the bathrooms or to the outhouse, have you talked about the stars or the constellations or listening to the spring peepers or the mystery of the universe? Have you engaged that child? R, have you read all the signs? So is the child scared or afraid of the dark or missing home or fitting in at camp or excited to have this few minutes of alone time with just you? What are the signs that you've read? And oh, to offer that teachable moment or that memory, thank that camper for keeping a promise. So waking you when he needed to go pee in the middle of the night is what you asked him to do on the first night of camp. Um, and you said, please don't hesitate. I'd be happy to go. And here he was doing that. Um, have you taught them about the stars or how crickets make a noise? Uh, did you teach him words to a song on the way um, there and back from the washroom because they were afraid of the dark? So that's a very simple way, but a way for staff members to remember that in any situation, you can be a hero by breaking it down into those four steps. So talking about how you can be an amazing staff person or a counselor, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are, you know, have the best cheers or the most themes or the most beautifully decorated cabin. Um, I did an exercise at the end of this session where I showed photos and I said to them, which one's the better counselor? So I showed them these slides and one had a cabin with posters everywhere, um, you know, streamers hanging down, little things on the bunks, all that kind of stuff. And another cabin had a few other things. And then the last one had nothing. It just was empty, you know, sleeping bags and pillows and an empty bunk. And I said, which one's the best counselor? And of course, everyone said the one with all that decoration and everything. And I said, it's actually a trick question because you don't know how engaged those kids are. And that's what counts. Maybe the cabin that's empty of decoration is empty because those kids are out making up, you know, villages with little fairy princesses and leprechauns out in the forest and they've engaged the kids that way. So making sure that you're being a hero and engaging kids is really important and, you know, give them bracelets or stickers or do whatever you want as reminders. So I had stickers made up for their journals, um, put on, uh, you know, the hero with, um, the acronym on it so that they could remember the four steps and, um, how they can be a hero in every situation. So, um, cool. that was it for me on that one. Very cool. That's awesome. Gab, did you have other thoughts on, uh, steps to take to build confidence in your staff? Um, you know, during staff training, I think it's important that we learn, um, to accept thank you or to say, or to accept, a um, a compliment. So just a simple uh, thank you is, is, uh, is important for our staff to, to be able to say. And you can link that to if you say it wasn't a big deal or if you say, you know, um, I didn't do anything at all or, you know, you play down the, what you just did. You know, what does that say to campers uh, around you when, you when you say that? So I think a lot of the times um, people have a hard time just accepting, you know, a compliment and... Uh, and just being able to say thank you is, is uh, really useful. Um, I also like doing an, the exercise when you get into little mini group discussions. And when we say mini, you know, nothing more than probably five people in a group. And uh, when you're doing the debriefing at the end, asking the question, what was something interesting um, that was said in the group uh, by somebody else? Um, point out something that you thought was was pertinent or interesting or exciting. And, and a lot of the times, uh, people that don't say very much, uh, will get highlighted in these groups because the people that do want to talk will probably lift up their hand so that they can say something, but they're saying something <laughs> about somebody else. So, uh, it's a great way to, to really see that your peers are listening and it's a great way to teach, uh, your staff to listen to others. And I remember somebody you know, in a small group saying something that I said was smart. And I totally remember that moment in my mm -hmm. life when I was younger. And I was like, I, and the feeling, I was like, wow, somebody thought what I said was intelligent and it was a peer and wow, that's great. And, and then the whole group heard about it, you know, and, uh, yeah. that's a great way to build a, I love, I love that exercise. So easy. Those are, those are a couple of my thoughts. <laughs> 
Awesome. <laughs> well, I want to move us. I want to move us on to our next question, uh, which is, you know, obviously this podcast is all about staff training, but the reality of it is, our we continue to train our staff throughout the summer. So our next question is, how do you ensure that this behavior, this confidence, continues throughout the summer? So let's start with you, Beth. Well, obviously, I think there are consistent and continuous evaluations of the staff member through the summer. So big monthly evals with, um, you know, if you have 300 staff members, breaking it down so they have evaluations with a, a certain member of your staff rather than you having to do 300 yourself. Uh, our assistant director used to do all of our program staff head counselor did all of our counselors and we did all of our leadership team, but making sure that you've got at least, you know, two, one at every month, uh, end of every month to make sure that those are really formal processes where, um, you're taking the time to sit one-on-one -on -one with them and, and talk about how things are going. Um, we also did essentially weekly evals with our leadership team and our senior staff and our head counselor did them with the counselors, but uh, they, with our numbers, they turned out to be about every 10 days. So we totally took this from Michael Branwine. He calls it CDOS, uh, CDOS, Continual Development Skills. Um, and so for us in an intentional camp, it's an ongoing process where there is support so that at the end of every camp season, every member of your staff at all levels will be able to say that they are better at their jobs than they were at the start. So for 10 minutes after breakfast, Travis and I would meet with one member of our senior staff individually. So we were doing two at a time. I was with one and he was with another. And we would go over how things were going since our last meeting, how they had met their goals from the last meeting and set new goals, which they literally signed off on for the next meeting. And in order to build that positive partnership for improvement and to cut through resistance and increase trust and credibility and boost accountability, which is really key, um, we needed to have those kind of regular meetings that were not just the, hey, how's it going on your way to arts and crafts, but saying to the staff that it was important enough to set aside that time. Uh, and it helps with motivating um, them as staff members as well. So uh, we could work on all the little things that were individual to that particular person. And at regular staff meetings, maybe work on things that the whole staff needed some help tweaking, but that was at least time um, for them. I also think building their confidence, we're back to that, is leaving very, very specific, and that is the key. Um, notes, we used to leave them in their love lines, which was our camp uh, in-house mail system. People have boards where they put them up for everybody to see in the staff lounge, whatever, but it tells them when we caught them doing something right and how much that positively affects our mission. So again, putting it back to the mission, not just, Hey, we saw you do a great job with these kids in soccer way to go. Um, but being very specific about that and how that affects our mission. So I used to keep post-it notes in my pocket um, and I'd scribble them down throughout the day and either pop them in the love line or rewrite them at the end of the day if I couldn't actually make out what I put down. Um, and I also kept a list of staff names on my clipboard. So, you know, that clipboard the directors carry around all day. At the bottom of all my papers, I always had a, a list of all my staff members. And then I would put a check mark um, beside them when I had written them a love line note or talked with them during the day, more than just a, hey, how's it going conversation, but sitting down for five minutes at a meal or whatever it was. Um, and then I could see at a glance at the end of the week who I hadn't touched base with and who hadn't had enough of my attention. And I just put a new uh, copy of the list in every week on my clipboard. Scott Arizala was talking about it at... Um, tri-state and he said he used to use graph paper and he would put graph paper on his clipboard at the back and then each little square he'd color in with a different color um so you know red beside the staff person's name meant that he had you know had to talk to them about an incident that they were having trouble with or yellow meant that he was praising them about something or green was talking about them something personal in their life like what they're going to study at college in September or something like that. And that, that helped him at a glance to see who he needed to connect with. Um, and I think, um, Gab already touched on having staff talk about each other, but f for me, it was talking about how we as a staff were accomplishing our mission. So we had, um, GMICs at every major staff meeting once a week, um, and we did them every night with our resource staff at um, our resource circle, circle after campfire. But a GMIC is a great moment in camping. Um, 
It was a fabulous idea. We love it. It was not ours. It was from Jeff Bradshaw from Camp Winona. But we start off each meeting with these great moments in camping, and we ask staff to share examples of what they saw where somebody was uh, building another's self-esteem or putting another's needs ahead of their own or doing something because it was the right thing to do and not just because they were going to get credit for it. Those kinds of things. Um, And this discussion allowed them to share what 150 more eyes than your two or however whatever your number was, um, and in what they saw and encourages them to share how they saw your camp's mission supported. So it just reinforces your mission. And it also allows them, as Gab said, to give shout outs to their colleagues. And who doesn't want one of those? Gab was talking about how important that was for her, which makes people feel like they are doing things right. Um, which is great when you can't be everywhere and you didn't get to see it and giving them lots of support, Um, We gave them a welly or a wellness partner for the summer, someone that they met up with regularly. You have to build these times in, though. It's really important not to just give them that person for the summer. But we build them in at the end of staff meetings. Um, And this is somebody who can listen, be a supporting ear, tell them when they need more sleep and they look awful or that they need to take a break or, hey, you're really cranky today. Your wellness partner was given permission to do that. Um, And 10 years later, we still have people refer to their wellies. Uh, Even though they changed every single year, I still hear staff members who see each other 10 years later saying, hey, Welly, how's it going? Um, And then getting other outside support too. So get your board members or people from your congregation, if you're a church camp, or alumni to become a pen pal with a staff member, excuse me, or send a care package. Partner each staff member up with someone who's going to give them that continuous support through the summer and tell them how much the effort is appreciated. Uh, You just need to make sure that that is a person you trust to follow through Uh, because the staff person doesn't know who this person is at the beginning. They just start receiving stuff from... Uh, somebody outside, a parent, whoever you've decided to do this with, but you want to make sure that everybody's getting something and you don't have like five people who are getting like these awesome care packages and 65 people who are getting nothing. So um, setting that up um, in the beginning just helps them know that people outside of camp understand that what they're doing matters and that it's really important. Um, And it just helps to give them confidence that they have made the right choice this summer to do something that really matters. So I'd start there. Brilliant. Brilliant. So good. All right, Gab, what about you? What are, how do you make sure that this sort of behavior continues on throughout the summer? Um, there's, there's something, uh, to be said, um, when you're, when, when staff members are, are learning, um, how to, you know, not only be confident, um, but able to look outside and see that these people are doing a good job and also, you know, uh, trying to help build the self-esteem of campers. This, as as Beth says, we ask a lot of our of mm-hmm. our staff members, and and um, and staff members come like all of us with a lot of past um, experiences that did not promote their self-esteem, and so when they're feeling down, exhausted, uh, made mistakes, those inner voices start becoming louder and louder, and those are things that probably never happened at camp could have been from school could have been from home could have been from past friendships um but this negative talk can start eating away uh at the inside and and when you even though you have great structure uh around them um their their inner monologue needs to needs to also support that so one of the things that that i have our staff members do and it's sometimes it's the entire group sometimes it's just a couple of individuals where i'm noticing that they're struggling is um, at the end of the day to write five things that they're proud of that they did. And it is amazing how helpful um, this list is. And um, they can write, if they're an anxious individual, one thing that, um, that you know, that they, they're anxious about. Not one thing that they didn't do well, but one thing that they're anxious about, if that, if that helps. But I try to just go with the five things. And funny enough, some of the staff members you'll find very quickly even have a hard time doing five. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they do this for, you know, a week, even after three days, they start to, they start to feel better about themselves. And, and it's to highlight the negative talk that's coming, that's, that's arising within them um, during these times. And 
And really what you're trying to do is teach staff members uh, to be kind to themselves and also to understand the reality. Because a lot of the time, this negative talk isn't based on much reality. It's based on fear. Um, and so so that's one thing that, that I do either specifically for a staff member or for other staff members. And and <laughs> one of my staff members said, said, I did the list, but then I felt I, I felt like my list is no good, you know, like this kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> it's like so oh, wonderful no. catch twenty two. Which would you say which you say, you know, I totally get that. And and I think that is basically it really highlights how, how you're struggling right now when you think that even this list is no good. So so that's okay. We're just gonna keep doing this and uh I'd like you to show it to me and and uh or you don't have to and but, you know, just go that way. But it actually really does help and it makes a big difference. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a gentle, it's changing uh, the mapping a little bit of their mind really is what it comes down to. Cool. So I have a, a couple of things to add as far as things to say to your staff. Um, we use an adaptation of the CEDOS idea uh, from Michael Brandwine, where at the middle point of the summer, that, that second evaluation of their three that they have with the directors, uh, we ask our staff to, to each individually, and they don't know about this, um, so it's not something we address with everybody. It's something that's only addressed in their one-on-one meeting with their director, um, where we say, I want you to pick something that between now and the end of the summer um, that, that you're going to improve on. So maybe it's acquiring a new skill. Maybe it's um, somebody that you've had a a not so good relationship with. You're going to work on improving that. But I want you to be able to look back on the last four weeks at the end of the summer and go, man, just in that four weeks, look at what I accomplished because every day I got up and worked on this a little bit. Um, And one of the success stories from this summer was I, I had a staff member who was like, I really want to work on playing the guitar. Like it's something I came and wanted to do this summer and I haven't really been working on it. And so it's, it's what I want to do. And then one of the last campfires, she played Blackbird, which is like not an oh easy gosh. first song. That's amazing. It. <laughs> it was awesome. So, um, what I love about that is, um, you know, you do get folks who are like, man, I, I came to this summer saying I wanted to do this and I haven't done it yet. But I think it also shows um, how with a little bit of intention and a little bit of purpose and saying like, yeah, no, every day I'm going to spend 10 minutes working on playing the guitar or reading a book, uh, or having a conversation with this person that how quickly that adds up and how effective that is. Um, and I think it, it does leagues to for burnout too. I think when the staff have something to focus on throughout the summer, especially on that tail end and have a, a short term goal laid out for them that, that they've selected, um, I think that that really helps keep their focus and their motivation going because they're excited about tomorrow. I get to keep trying to play my guitar, or keep, you know, trying to have this conversation with this person. Um, and, and I usually don't make them tell me whatever that thing is right away. And some of them don't actually ever tell me what it is. I, I kind of lay out this challenge for them and I say, you know, take some time to think about it. And um, if you want to tell me, cool. If you don't, like, that's okay. Just make sure that, that there is something that you're working on. And if a week from now you say, yeah, I figured out my thing, Ruby. I'm going to tell you what it is. Totally cool. Uh, because I want them to feel invested in it and not just be, you know, come up with something because they feel like they have, they have to answer the question in that moment. Um, but I've had a lot, of, a lot of success with that. And I, and I love it because it gives me one more little personal touch of something I can check in with the staff about when they have communicated what it is to me. Um, and, and so, it's, you know, just being able to say, yeah, how's that going? I think, um, shows them, you know, all those things that practice makes perfect and, or, you know, good enough. And that, um, that, you know, we are invested in their, in their growth. Um, I also like to ask the staff, uh, the question, what are you capable of? Mm. What do you feel you're capable of? And, and having them, when they may be struggling with something or feeling like they just can't do enough or feel kind of stuck. Um, I like to ask them that question and have them think about it. Uh, and again, it's the sort of thing that you don't necessarily have to sit here and give me an answer right away, but I want to plant that seed and and get you thinking about it. Um, the flip side of that is if I feel that they're capable of something, but they haven't identified it, um, saying, can you help me with dot, 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 
Um, and when I see a staff member that I think has a lot of talent in something, that's when it gets to be really fun as a director to say, hey, can you help me with leading this hike? Because I know the way, but I don't know the insects that we might see. And I saw that you were teaching that so well to another camper one day. Would you be willing to, to just teach a short lesson? And so then they're not having to generate it, right? Like they're, now they have this opportunity to, to shine and to show off a really amazing talent that they may have or a skill that they have or knowledge that they have. Uh, but they don't necessarily have to feel like they're showing off either. Like I have asked them as their boss to do this, please. Um, and so finding ways to put them on stage, um, even if it's not out in front of everybody, I think is really helpful. So, so saying that phrase, can you help me with, um, and it doesn't have to be necessarily knowledge. It can be like, you always handle this situation so well. Can you help me, uh, by sharing what you do so I can pass that on to other staff or there's this other staff member that's been struggling with this. Can you help them with this? Mm -hmm. Um, so setting them up for those connections, uh, I think are, are smart things to, to do. Brilliant. Beth, did you have another thought on that question? Um, yes. I, I think affirmation circles are really key and really important for building confidence in staff. And I would keep them really small (laughs) just for time's sake. Uh, you know, groups of five or six people and, I've done it in many different ways, but I've done it having uh, everybody write their name at a top, the top of a piece of paper and then it gets passed around. So everybody writes what they think is so great about Ruby or what they think is so great about Gab. And so by the end, you have five or six things written on your piece of paper and everyone has one. But um, that's how I used to start when I was first directing and then I got smarter about it and gave them very specific questions. So it wasn't just, what do you think is great about Gab? It was... What does Gab do that makes her a great leader? Or what does Gab say that makes her a great leader? And ask those questions that way. And then um, that person was getting very specific feedback about um, the skills that they had acquired. So it wasn't just, Gab is really nice. She has pretty hair. Um, Those things aren't all that helpful um, to building confidence uh, for leaders. So being really specific with those questions. Uh, And one year I did one where I let them have time to think about it. but I said, I'm going to go around and again, smaller circles. Um, I think I, I might've done that with my resource staff. So it might've been 20 people, but, um, I'm going to ask you in a moment, what skill you wish if you could, um, have that Ruby possesses, um, or, um, you know, so the person next to you, what skill would you want to acquire or work at to be better? Um, because we all know we can, um, say and do the right things to become better. So what does Ruby do really well that you want to work on and add to your repertoire of being an amazing leader? So it makes them think about it, but it also affirms things um, that everybody else is doing right. And sometimes they're really tiny things that don't necessarily get noticed. Uh, You know, like I wish that I could be uh, like Sarah, who is so good at taking that moment to stop and just listen to a camper really, really well and give them that one-on-one attention. And often those really quiet staff members don't get noticed for those sorts of things, but they're such a key part of what we do at summer camp. So having an opportunity to do that, to think about the skills that that person has next to you and what you would like to work on to be more like that, to have that skill as well. Um, What I would like to do this year, if I ever run the Be a Hero session, because it's only sort of the first part of the session that I've done with training, is I came up with this idea, and I just really like it because I think it would be really fun. But I want people to think about themselves as a superhero. I want them to think about themselves as Superman. And you know when you start to say that, you've already changed your posture? Like you already sit up and sort of go, oh, I am Superman. So I think it would be a great idea if at the end of that session and then at the start of every weekly session or every day at day camp or whenever a new group of kids come in, have each staff member stand like they are Superman. Maybe ask them to bring a towel to that session so that they can have a cape on, get a great big fan blowing on them, whatever it is, um, play some superhero music and let them stand for two minutes, which is really a lot longer than you think. And just have them breathe and visualize themselves being a superhero at summer camp. So just stand like Superman, I I think would be fun to do and also make them kind of stop and think. The other thing I think, and it's sort of the last piece for me is that you yourself need to be inspirational. It's huge. If you can't inspire your staff, you're in trouble. 
because that's where their passion comes from. That's where their confidence comes from. That's where their full embracing of your why comes from. And at a session I was at, uh, Tri-State, I laughed because Scott Arizala said that he schedules time to be inspirational in his training. It's like, be inspirational here, um, which is kind of funny. Um, but I think you have to expire, inspire them to be extraordinary. You, you need to let them know that to be extraordinary, you have to take what camp gives you and put it back uh, into the hearts and minds of all the people who travel to camps from far and wide and, you know, and take it home with you and pass it out into the world. You have to inspire them to be extraordinary. I explained to staffs that I did training with last year that as extraordinary leaders, you have to be an ICU um, and when I asked them what an ICU was, they all said, well, it's an intensive care unit. And I said, yep, exactly. Um, you need to be an intensive care unit. Um, but for me, ICU can also stand for inspire, connect, and understand. Because when people feel like they belong and they feel special and safe and not alone, that inspires them. So you need to inspire, connect, and understand your people. Um, let them know it's going to take a leap of faith, but you will take that leap with them. Give them that affirmation and hope and possibility, and I believe they'll lead with confidence. Cool. Very good. Gab, did you have any final thoughts on this question? Uh, yeah, I think... Um... I think um, um, when we're looking at self-confidence, we also have to look at ourselves as camp directors or camp leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, when we want our staff or our campers to be confident, how do we actually feel about the job that we're doing? Um, where do I lie with my self-confidence? Am I just projecting um, <laughs> my own stuff onto my <laughs> staff members? Um, is it normal that they are feeling or acting the way depending on their age or, or their first year at camp? Um, I, I think it's... If you have an anxiety about your staff not being self-confident, I think it's important to understand where that anxiety comes from. And, um, or, or that perhaps, you know, that's something that these are exercises you, you'll also need to do. Um, confidence, uh, as Beth was saying about being inspiring, is also inspired by others. When you, um, when you make mistakes in front of your staff and you're okay with it, it's saying, I'm confident and I trust the people around me. Um, so I, I would also provide time for yourself to, uh, to build on those, on, on your self-confidence, but also to be kind to yourself, uh, when you do make mistakes or you don't know the answers, um, and, and your staff will, will, uh, will absorb, will absorb, you know, your techniques. Um, but, but also understand when you're asking your staff to be a certain way, why is it that you're asking them? Does it come from you? Does it come from them? Just, just to be aware. Smart. Cool. Man, so many good ideas today. I I have a whole two pages of notes right here, Um, but they're not nearly as good as Gab. So Gab, it is now the time. Recap the show for us, please. I want a theme song. We need music for recap time. We need a a musical piece. I like it. Season three. Um, That's right. (laughs) This would be perfect with superhero music. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of superheroes for this segment. So one day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So during staff training, here are some of the things that you can do to help build self-confidence in your staff. Create an environment where staff understand why they're there, but more importantly, also understand the me, why I am here. Uh, Make sure that you have an actual self-esteem session. Seems simple, but sometimes we forget it. Um, Heroes. In any situation, creating superhero poses and maybe even turning towels into capes. Uh, Share one thing someone said in your group that was smart. Accept a compliment. Also, that goes to all camp directors, camp directors. Uh, Tough love. Epic mistakes. Perhaps play a game such as trash ball. Um, Use staff to teach stuff. And any stuff, literally. How to set the table. That helps Mm -hmm. build uh, self-esteem. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, during the summer, uh, the power of post-its. Keep those in your back pocket and stick them on the backs of staff. You're amazing, but it's also important to be specific while you do so. Keep track of the feedback that you give to your staff members. Five things that I'm proud of is a nice uh, evening time exercise for your staff. 
affirmation circles. I can't wait to read what Beth has written about me. Um, <laughs> setting goals, make them specific. Uh, what am I capable of? Can you help me with? And great moments in camping. And those are some of the things that you can do during staff training and also during summer. Awesome. So we would love for our listeners to get involved with our show. You can join us on the hashtag Camp Code. Uh, there you can tell us what topics you'd like for us to discuss, any guests that you recommend that we talk to, any great leadership training tips that you have to share. We'd love to hear from you because we are all about sharing in this industry. Uh, also, we want to ask if you have found this podcast to be useful to um, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. You can also tweet your love of the show by going to camp hacker.tv slash camp code love. That's all one word. Um, your feedback is really helpful in keeping our show going and hopefully propelling us into season three as we are getting close to wrapping up season two this year. Uh, so before we finish up our podcast, I want to um, let you know how to get in touch with us. So let's start with Beth. Great. You can reach me personally at beth at camphacker.tv. You can find us at camphacker.tv. Uh, you can also reach me at beth at gocamp.pro or gocamp.pro. Our hashtag is camphacker. And if you'd like to join us on Facebook, our Summer Camp Pros page, uh, which uh, is a closed group that we will certainly let you into, but we have to uh, accept you, um, is reaching 5,000. We are almost there. So that's our big push for the next couple of weeks to make it to 5,000. So lots of uh, camp pros just sharing ideas and questions and information. So you can reach us there. Cool. Thanks, Beth. Gab. Um, you can follow me on, uh, the Twitter bird at Gabrielle rail, rail takes two L's, um, check out where I work at waro.com. And, um, yeah, I mean, basically that's where you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of other places and I was like, no, that's where I hang out most of the time. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you can tweet me at rubylin85. Uh, you can also send me an email. It's just ruby, R-U-B-Y, at greenriverpreserve.org. Uh, or follow me on Instagram. I'm rubyoutdoors. And Beth is going to tell us what's coming up on the next episode of Camp Code. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, this is an exciting time of year where camp is literally just around the corner, less than 100 days away. So we want to talk about maximizing your time with your staff during training so that you get to know them better. Cool. There's going to be some great tips on there for learning names and how to build relationships in a relatively short amount of time. So it should be great. Um, our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. You can tell us what they are using the hashtag camp code. And for today, Gab has this week's best practice. Uh, so, uh, my best practice, um, uh, comes from a friend of mine who does, uh, regular classes and sessions and uh, in their session um, planning sheet, there's always a spot at the bottom where it has, what would I have done differently? And I think that during the summer, I've started doing this uh, a couple of years ago. And I'll, I'll, I'll be very transparent and I'll, be, I'll, I'll own my epic fail that I, I, wanted, I need to do it more. Um, sometimes I don't commit to every single session and write down what, what I would have liked to have done differently. But every year I do get better. Um, and, and I get better because I see how much the value is in, in what, what I've done. So after, after I run a session, I write down a couple of things that, that I would have probably shifted um, and some of the stuff that really connected with the staff. And it's just a mini self-evaluation of, of what you've done. And what that also does uh, as a helpful um, hint is throughout the summer, you can add some of those pieces that you would have done that you perhaps you want to share more about and be a little bit more specific about. So self-evaluating uh, your own sessions, um, I find is a good way of, of keeping stuff fresh. And, and also it really helps when you start planning for the next year because you just forget about this stuff. Some of the things I, I don't even know 
I look at the handwriting and I say, yeah, that's my handwriting, but <laughs> I don't even remember thinking these ideas. So <laughs> somebody took over. Uh, but it, it's been very, very helpful. Uh, yeah. Very good. Well, thanks Thank so you. much for listening. And again, please join us on the hashtag Camp Code. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, Please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus. 